Yeah, whatever. Okay. Yes, this podcast started out with me saying whatever. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, all right. No, it's, I was gonna. I was gonna say that it was like, uh, you know how I sometimes I'll just tell you the news of the week, and then there you go. Yeah. So that's, that's usually when you come home, I'm asking you. So what's the news? What transfers? What soccer news is there? Exactly. So might as well put it into a show. Okay. Yeah, it makes so, sense. Uh, I decided on nil nil podcast because that doesn't show up on YouTube uh, when you Google it or when you search it up. So <laughs> that's the, literally I mean, the only reason we don't have anything else. Uh, I don't know if you got a better idea. Uh, not at the moment, but if it's not taken, at least that's a good way to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, I guess we should say our names. Uh, right sure okay so yeah, I guess. uh i'm arnold i'm the big one no. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> he's the big one by size i'm the big one by age i'm danny <laughs> that's so weird saying your own name <laughs> it is very weird but after 10 years of having to repeat my name over and over i think i'm kind of used to it now okay although saying my regular name is easy okay we're totally no Europeans are going to listen to us because we're American. That's a guarantee. Of course, of course not. Of course not. But you know, it's not like we're going to talk about MLS. I guess my plan is to talk about Europe and MLS and Liga MX every now and then. Well, pretty much what we know, right? All right. So since this is the first episode, I guess we should also say what teams we go for. Okay. Um, so. Uh, we watched MLS. Would you say no? We watched the Premier League the most, right? We watched the Premier League the most, and since LAFC, we've seen more of the MLS than Liga MX nowadays. And Liga MX, we haven't really watched. And I want to say at least these last two, three years. Uh, I've kept up every now and then, but you definitely don't watch it. I definitely haven't watched it in a really good while. Um, okay, so my reservations are because the team is not doing well. Yeah. And that team is Chivas, if anybody's wondered. Uh, <laughs> That's true. They're hot garbage, and they have been since Almeida left. But they were hot garbage when they won that year, too. Uh, <laughs> that, that is true. So nope. was the rest of the league. The nobody league was ever, pretty trash. I know. Nobody ever talks about how garbage we were when we won the league. I think I want to say it was 2017. That was the year. Or 2017 was like the CONCACAF Champions League that we won. Let me double check that. Uh, Chivas, the next title. This is how you get all the information. Uh, Yeah, it was it was 2017. Oh wait, wait. wait. It Uh, it sounds about right. Was it 2006? Because they won one year, then they did even worse the next year. No, they won the Copa Mekis. Hmm. I I really don't remember. I have pandemic brain. No, it was either anything pre twenty twenty is erased. No, it was either twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. Uh, one of those two years. Let's see. Let's. See. It has to be the last. It has to be the year before his last year. No. Yeah. 
Which, if you just look up oh the year God, that he was managing down, scroll them. Scroll down. 17, yeah, 2017. There you go. Well, there's your answer. Yeah, it shows you how much of an expert we are. Okay. Um, Not very. Okay, so we watched the Premier League the most, if anything. That's because they have the most games anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, so who do you go and, for, Danny? Who do you go for? Okay, Premier League. Got to go with Liverpool. What? Because, what? FIFA, you... because FIFA, what was it? FIFA 19? Is that the one? FIFA 19 career mode had me in Liverpool for like four years. And 19? I kept, we had 19? I think it was 19. I'm that pretty was the, sure it was 19. That's the, one, that's the only one we had right now, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, technically, no, I mean, I am playing FIFA 22. So, I mean, you're playing FIFA 22. But the last one that we had purchased uh, was FIFA 19. And I believe that's the one with Ronaldo in the Juventus jersey on the cover. Um, and that one, I was in Liverpool for four years without getting transferred. Oh, okay. So until that's I forced the transfer out. I thought you picked it but, just because you liked Jurgen Klopp. No, uh, it was because I was stuck there for so long. And I was like, well... If I was there in the FIFA career mode for so long, I might as well just choose this club. Well, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and I go for Manchester United, ironically. We pick rivals as teams. <laughs> rivals. That's not, it's the only league where we pick different, you know, different teams. Yeah, that's uh, true. It makes it fun, but and I just picked it for Chicharito, but I don't even like Chicharito that much anymore. So, <laughs> And he wasn't even there that long no, I mean, I only liked it because back when you went in 2009, I want to say it was 2009. Uh, a long time ago. No, I know. As part of the contract, Man United had to play against Chivas because that's when Chivas opened up the new stadium. Yeah. And um, when he went, I was just like, I didn't know any European teams except for, like, what, Barcelona? And I think Real Madrid. Barcelona, and that's it. And uh, and then I heard he went to Manchester United. Didn't know anything, but yeah, I mean, we didn't even watch soccer that much back then. Like we started. I mean, if we if we did, it was usually Liga MX, yeah. the only thing that we were or watching. But team. we weren't watching it as closely as we did the years after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I remember I had to get back into soccer to get us both back into soccer, which was around 2014, and I forgot why. I think I just needed a sport to watch. I want to say it was probably because of the World Cup. Oh, yeah, that's probably it. That's probably it. That was a good World Cup. Yeah, because remember, like, every every World Cup we watch it, we do the whole, uh, was it... Um, What's the word? The betting? <laughs> no, no, I wasn't thinking of betting. It's uh, the raffle for the the teams that we we're going to get. Oh, the fancy bet, yes. <laughs> the fancy bet, yes. The, yeah. Um, fancy wager. It was after uh, Brazil lost to Germany. <laughs> after no, Brazil lost to Germany? Yes, okay. it was. Okay. But yeah. Okay, so I go for Man United. You go for Liverpool. Uh, my team's totally way better right now because we got Ronaldo. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're above in, me in the league. <laughs> Whatever. Um, okay, so in terms of MLS, we go for LAFC because we're from LA and we never liked the Galaxy and 
We are Chivas 2.0. <laughs> Chivas USA 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> because even back then, I even mean, though they were trash, I think we chose Chivas USA because yeah. of Chivas. Yeah. Even though Galaxy has been here for, you know, mm. ever. I know. But I don't know. They're so... It feels so it fake. Just, it just doesn't seem like it fits. I know. Just fine. So whatever. All right. It's just not for us. That's pretty much the thing. Mm -hmm. You know, for some people, it makes sense. I have a friend who is a Galaxy fan and seems to be very into it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I always knew they existed, um, but I never really followed them. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, you just sometimes vibe with certain teams and Galaxy is just not one that I vibe with. All right, for sure. Okay, you ready to get started? Yeah. For real, for real. All right, let's pop into the news. I've been writing so, all of it down. Okay, What's in the news? I, on purpose, have not looked at any news just to keep the mystery alive. I'm probably going to ask, who are you talking about? Where do they play? And what are they doing? Oh, I don't think you'll be that far off. Okay. So, this last week was the week of January 30th to February 5th. We're recording this on the 6th to date the podcast and make sure nobody listens to it again. Uh, (laughs) February 6th on a Saturday night. Um, So, (laughs) it's Sunday already. Yeah. So, this whole. uh, That's true. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. We're recording it. Yeah. No, no. It's it's the 6th, but it's Sunday midnight. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) They don't need another. Who cares? Okay, so since it was, since we did transition from one month to the next during this last week, that also meant that the winter transfer window came to a close. Yes, so a lot of, usually not a a lot of signings get made, but I guess they, ever since the pandemic happened, I guess they want to splash some money around. They don't don't have enough money, so they had to create the Super Bowl. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. When it comes to the transfer window, I feel like most of the years, it's very noticeable that a lot of transfers are happening, or maybe it's just because I'm paying a bit more attention to it, but I feel like this year, it was kind of quiet. It wasn't, and I'll tell you why. Okay, so then it was me. I just wasn't paying attention at all. Exactly, exactly. So... We're going to start off with uh, your favorite team in the world, Barcelona. (laughs) Oh, yay. The most overrated team in the world. (laughs) Okay. So, one of the stories of Barcelona is Dembele. You know Dembele? (laughs) Yes, Dembele, who forced his way out of Dortmund and then went into Barcelona and spent most of his time trying to heal whatever broke in him every single time he came back in. Yeah, so... um... Basically, he was actually holding out for a higher contract. <laughs> I don't get why he thought he deserved it, I guess. Um, I want a higher contract well, from it, a team that can't afford most contracts that are on its roster. I don't even think it was that either. It was just like, Barcelona was like, you either resign or you leave. Like They gave him two options and he just wasn't getting any closer to resigning. So they're just like, all right, leave then. <laughs> and, I mean... What else are you going to do? I know they're trying to force him to move, but uh, they didn't end up getting that to happen. So he ended up staying. So he's still with Barcelona as of right now. (laughs) So he still hasn't 
re-signed nor resigned. Uh, he'll probably and be on the bench. <laughs> he's just going to wait until his contract's out, or they're going to wait until his contract's out? Yeah, well, supposedly, I don't even think they were going to play him again. So, we'll see. Uh, when is his contract up? Uh, like six months. It's fine. Okay, so he'll be a free agent in the summer. Yeah, let me just double check that. I mean, for them, they just want to make what they can before his contract runs out mm-hmm. and him well it's pretty clear that they don't want to keep him let's see yeah he's in his final five months of his barcelona contract well there you go so he's gonna be a free agent by the end of the year i mean by the end of the year by the end of the soccer year i guess football year Jesus. Wow. 30th of June is when it ends. Okay, well. I mean, four months? Four-ish months? I have no idea what club would want to pick him up. Yeah, whatever. I guess he's going to leave on a free. Well, I mean, when we get closer to that month, I think we'll start seeing a bit more links to who wants to pick him up yeah i saw this weird story that like was it there was a rumor of dembele actually going to psg and that um, makes sense yeah um the crazy thing is that was it so they barcelona sold neymar to psg for like 200 something million right right and then, in the process, they used that money to buy, I think, Griezmann and Dembele, right? Right. And then they sent Griezmann on low. They lost their best player, Messi, to PSG, and they were about to sell Dembele back to PSG. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... Yeah, it sounds like uh, PSG's just picking up all the scraps. Yeah, they're not doing a lot of good deals. Uh, I mean, Barcelona's not doing a lot of good deals. And, oh, I mean, it's probably no well, it's wonder. More like, it's more like Barcelona's doing the everything must go sale and PSG's just walking in with a wad of cash. Yeah. Oh, not even. PSG's just like, oh, well, you got a little player over there that you desperately need money for? Maybe, you know, maybe. <laughs> well, the water cash is coming in, but they're just pulling out $1 for it. Yeah, basically, because uh, Barcelona needs money, because they are $1 billion in debt, so. <laughs> $1 billion in debt? The funny thing is, like, every time they sign somebody, it's like, can they even register them? You know, like. <laughs> I have not. You would think with the prestige that they have, with the amount of popularity they have in the world, they would not be one billion in debt. And they pretty much got rid of their cash cow, which was messy. Pretty much. So they're not selling enough jerseys, probably not filling up the stadium, but at least they got Xavi. So that's literally the only good thing. But uh, on top of that, they got other good things. So they actually made decent signings. In the winter window. Okay, well, that's if finally you, if you consider If you consider them decent. So, the first one that I have on the list is uh, Ferran Torres. Uh, if you remember, he was the one that played for Man City. Okay. It rings a bell. 
I think he came from uh, Valencia, I want to say, to Man City. Okay. And um, he was literally only there for like five minutes, and then Barcelona was interested, and he was like, I want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that, I'm yeah. here, but Barcelona's calling my name. Yeah, and Pep was like, well, I mean, I ain't going to stop nobody that doesn't want to be here, so uh, <laughs> send him on his way. So they actually bought him for like 50 mil, something like that. That sounds overly priced. With their situation, I don't know how they put together that much money and they couldn't sign Messi again. That's all I'm saying. I, I mean, it just sounds like they're... It depends if he does a $50 million worth of job mm-hmm. to know if it was a good signing. Yeah, so $49.5 million. Yeah, just round up. <laughs> oh, no, 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 six, $60 million. Okay, so it's even more expensive. Huh? Well, I, I was talking like euros and pounds because that's that's usually what the articles are at. No, just keep it into your, whatever they're reporting so, as, I guess. What? It's crazy. So he went from Valencia to Man City in August of 2020. I didn't know he was... It's been two years already? That's was crazy. Actually, Didn't a year he... and a half. So he was only there for basically... Yeah, a year and a half, and then he left mid-season. I mean, it doesn't sound that crazy to me after I heard about that guy that Barcelona um, signed, and then pretty much the next day or same day he was dropped. Oh, that's uh, Emerson Royale. Well, there you go. No, they sent them to Tottenham. Yeah, so when I heard that, I mean, there's no surprise to how short someone can be at a team. So, yeah, so... But I mean, he was he was decent. He was decent. Um, let's see what, what was his uh, his stats. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not a big loss for Man City. I mean, it's Man City after all. They can buy whoever they want, and their roster is pretty stacked anyway. So in the Premier League, he scored seven goals. Not bad, and he got two assists. Uh, that one season that he played there, it's not bad. Not bad for a short time. He's a winger. He's a winger. So seven goals and, is pretty decent for a winger. And you know how Pep rotates his team, so it's not like it was crucial. Yeah, but he's also only twenty-one, so he's he's young. Uh, he's still got a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'll he'll score a lot of goals. I mean, if they get the ball to him, if they're good enough to get the ball to him. Anyway. Oh yeah. So It'll depend on the rest of the team. All right, if you're gonna give that a grade, what would you give it? <laughs> I'm, Jeez, I'm, I'm pretty sure you don't remember much about him. <laughs> Honestly, I still have no clue who he is. <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna give it like a D. A D? Why? Because mainly on the price tag, um, I still feel like he's very overpriced, and. It's really going to depend on his performance and what he could do for the club. Uh, I think you got to remember that uh, the price, most of the price is the age. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's, I mean, for me, I, I just base it on, on how useful they are and how much they can contribute. Okay. So I'm, I'm still going to go for D, especially with their money situation. I mean, they should not be going around throwing $60 million. Just like I that. Know. I would give it a B, but that's because he's decent. He's decent for sure. And he's playing for Spain, which means, uh, like, he's real useful. 
He's okay. pretty fast, so they could use pace, especially they had all the old people. Now they're just full of young people. Um, and mostly, I gave it a B just for the reason that they were actually able to convince him to come over, <laughs> given what happened the last transfer window where they couldn't afford anybody. Yeah, but I mean, there's still a lot of players who have that that hold Barcelona in that dream club cloud, mm-hmm. which doesn't take too much convincing. So I'm pretty sure, especially for him being Spanish, it's not going to be that hard to convince him, hey, come to Barcelona. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, especially so. a lot of the people that come from... A lot of the people that come from countries that don't have the same climate as England are often mm-hmm. like, well, why would I want to be in England when it's just got rain and clouds and it's cold and there's no <laughs> beaches. Or, I mean, they got beaches, but there's not, you know, like tropical beaches and whatnot, so... Yeah, and again, it's Spain, so he'd be home. Yeah, exactly. So, I'll give it a B, you give it a D. Fair enough. I give it a D just based on what I know and how I view it. Sound like you're telling... I feel like your grade is more applied to uh, his decision to go to Barcelona rather than them making the signing themselves. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a little bit of both. (laughs) I mean, it's partly what they're doing and what he hasn't done. All right. All right. Okay. Next signing. Next signing in order. We're going to go with, uh, this could be a good signing. This could be a bad signing. It's very easy to see it both ways. Um, all right. So is it? And where do you go? Uh, it's Danny Alves. <laughs> Danny. Okay, so he's at back at Barcelona. I know that. The, um, I want to say that it's probably a good, uh, just because of his experience, the familiarity with the team, having played with Xavi. I think they'll be able to link up in what the game plan might be. So you could see this kind of like having two coaches. One on the sideline and one on the field. So I'd say it's a good signing. Uh, that's that's. Didn't expect you to say that. I feel like you would have just said they signed a grandpa and like that's not going to help them much anyway. <laughs> I mean, with what you're saying, where they're give it, getting rid of the majority older players, I mean, having someone who has experience there is always a plus. Mm-hmm. So maybe he might not play all all match or they'll play in a style that's more favorable to him um but you you're saying to yourself there's gonna be a ton of young players on the field so you don't it's not gonna be a big deal if he's the only older one there Mm, for sure but Uh, i mean if i take into consideration all the other things that i said like you know having two coaches and the experience and familiarity and that chemistry with xavi i mean I think it should work in their favor. Okay, well, what uh, what grade would you give this? Um, I'd give it, I give it an A. Wow, that high up. Yeah, well, uh, I give it an A, but you haven't told me how much they got them for. I'm gonna guess that you got them for free. Yeah, that was free. Yeah. I think so. Free experience, chemistry. Yeah, I give it an A. I mean, it's not gonna cost them anything except for his weekly wage yeah but it's not going to be that high especially like he's been very public about him wanting to go back at some point yeah so it's not like he was like i'm gonna charge everything to go back here it's more like oh i'll i'll just whenever they need me i'll go it was more like that kind of thing and 
here's the other thing. I mean, he's definitely not going to try to bleed them dry for money. Mm-hmm. But the other positive thing about that is that he comes from, like, the old Barcelona blood. You know, the one that everybody thinks of when they think of Barcelona. Mm-hmm. So, he, you can think of it as a blood transfusion, you know? You're trying to revive this team and bring in that essence that they used to have the one that everybody feared back then and i think since he was part of that he can probably help bring that back yeah so i would give this a b not high up as a the only reason i give it as b is i give it a b is because just his age really if he was like 20 something like if he was like 30 and not i think he's like 38 <laughs> i guess I'll okay be. okay um, fine he's 38 i mean ronaldo's also 36 and no no he's 30 he just turned 37 okay fine he's 37 but he's contributing right now i'll i'll tell you this alvis was also in the um what is it the olympic tournament that they won and they're a bunch of young kids so he his experience came in crucial in plenty of those games Especially when they were playing against Mexico, he was definitely one of the reasons that Mexico was having such a hard time when it came to to playing against them because of his experience and familiarity with the Mexican game. Um, So if you kind of just see that blueprint of him being the oldest one and playing with a bunch of youngsters in that team and put that into the Barcelona that's going to be right now, which is him, the oldest one and more or less youngsters in the rest of the team it's pretty much going to be the same situation so he didn't really perform that bad in that tournament especially since they won yeah yeah. no i mean i'm not saying his age in terms of experience i'm saying his age and just in terms of his body i don't know how quick he is anymore stuff like that but uh his experience is the main reason why it's so high up as a yeah yeah for me definitely mostly because he came right after they got Xavi like I think that confirmation was pretty quick like if not a month or two past when Xavi became the coach and yeah. I mean Xavi is basically just um, Guardiola 2.0 right because uh, yeah. he's 100% just copying that style and trying to apply it to wherever he goes and there's nothing wrong with that I mean and Danny Alves why not do it I mean, Dan Alves has said that he's, like, the number one fan of the way Pep Guardiola likes to play. His favorite time was playing for that Barcelona team when Pep was there, yeah. So, uh, it's like, for me, I see it as a one-two punch. You have a coach on the sidelines in Xavi, Mm -hmm. but you also have Danny Alves, who would coach from within, basically, and help solidify the culture that was there before. So and restore some confidence in the rest of the team. Yeah. Especially like let's say if they're behind because there've been plenty of times that they've been behind in one of the, I want to say the last season. Um and they find it very hard to come back and I'm sure that he would be able to bring back the morale, you know, whenever they're down and try to at least, you know, break even. Yeah. And um not to mention that he's also the player with the most trophies ever. So t- statistically speaking, there's nobody that knows more than him about how, what it takes to win a trophy. So, Yeah. So. I mean, I agree. The whole age thing and physical age thing, you know, how 
well he can perform for them, sure, questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the free agent, the experience, that is what makes it an A for me. Okay. Especially um, since Barcelona didn't spend any money for it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so far we got like a mid player and, uh, well, according to you, a mid player and then Danny Alves, which is pretty good uh, considering the situation. Okay, next signing, next signing. So, Adama Traore is back in Barcelona. Uh, yeah, I do remember you mentioned this one before. Yes, yes, I did. Because I was just like, um, I can't believe it. I mean, he should be good. Um, how much did they get him for? Uh, he's on loan. Oh, he's on loan. So yeah. that's actually a pretty decent deal. Yeah. Uh, I think he'll do well for them. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have that issue of getting to the edge of the field and then not knowing what to do with it. Yeah. As long as somebody's fast enough to keep up with him and he can pass the ball for them to cross it, then it'd be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really going to depend on the other two teammates that, or two or three teammates that will be there with him to see if he's going to be effective. Because, I mean, for Wolves, he did go through a lot of the defense, but when he was there, he was there by himself because the whole team was half a field behind. Yeah, I know, I know. But not just that. It's just he wasn't really the main complaint that Wolves fans had with Char is just his decision-making in the final third is really bad. Not only that, but he's not really that good at putting crosses into the box. So you've got a player that can definitely move the ball up the field, but as soon as it gets there, he basically just loses it or makes the wrong call. I mean, if he can perfect that, then he should be a solid fit. Yeah, I mean, he's still regular. He's still like reasonably young, but people are saying if he can perfect that for like five seasons now. So, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, but, I guess. I mean, I mean he... if you've been doing it for five seasons and you haven't improved that one part that everybody says you need to, um, well, who knows? he's yeah. never going to get there. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I don't think it's bad, especially like they're doing some smart business there with not having to buy a player and yeah. It's uh, it's on loan, so all they have to do is cover his wages. Um, mm-hmm. So and plus he's Spanish and he's back in Spain, so uh, yeah. it's it's not it's not a bad deal, especially like if he was in Man United, I would I would be happy with it too, even though I know that his end product isn't that good. So, in terms yeah, of I mean, a grade, I would give it a B. <laughs> Again, I'd say I would give it a C plus. Oh, you see, yeah. You see, I was I was on the border. I was like, I don't know whether they gave it a C plus or a B, but I was gonna give it yeah. a B. But it really comes down to that final third when it when it's for him. Yeah, and and uh, you know, like if we're talking about Barcelona, just on the deal that they made, it's a B. Yeah, you know, because it's a loan, just wages. He's proven to be a decent player, but if he can be consistent then that'll solidify him being a B. But because he tends to make the wrong call and doesn't really know what to do in that final third, that's why I kind of downgraded to a C plus. So it's right on the border and he just needs to work on that part. Yeah, and he's just 
he's actually one of those players you you want him you you want to see him do good like because everybody's been wanting yeah. to, for that to happen for so long oh of yeah. course you want to see him do good and hopefully him being under xavi xavi sh- might be able to point him in the right direction maybe everybody else hasn't been able to communicate to him how to actually go about improving that bit yeah yeah so uh low-key though i think if he does reach that potential that everybody's been wanting like if he does figure out what to do in the final third he'd probably be as good as salah low-key because salah had the same thing remember yeah and the plus with traore is he's got the strength oh yeah he's built like a tank i mean (laughs) when he will runs 1v1 there will be nobody who's going to push him off that wall. Yeah, for sure. It'll be... If Lukaku tried, he would bounce off like the Southampton player, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, okay, oh my God. so C plus and a B, that's still not bad. That's not bad. Uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, <laughs> I might get flamed because of the first one, but that's more because I don't know the guy that well. At least I'm not there familiar um and just the price seems a bit ridiculous to me yeah. i mean i understand he's young and all but i feel like he should prove himself a bit more still before getting that 60 million price tag yeah, for sure okay so moving on to the next one all right who do we got next and where uh so barcelona loves signing captains from this team and the player that they got was Obama Yang, is now at Barcelona. Obama Yang, really? Yeah, he. It was one of the transfer deadline day. At first, they're like, "Wow, it, it's gonna happen. He's gonna be a Barcelona player." And this was like hours before it closed, right? Right. So they're like, "He's gonna be a Barcelona player, a hundred percent." Then okay. you know, like an hour later, they're like, they're saying, "Oh no, 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 never mind. The deal's off. Deal's off." Mm. And he was in Barcelona at the time. Like Obama was in the Barcelona. So then they published a statement saying that Barcelona had taken a family trip to. I mean, Obama took a family trip to Barcelona, right? <laughs> Coincidentally, <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm yeah, just yeah. here on and, vacation. And it was literally like when the transfer deadline happened that it was announced that it for sure be happening, and they hadn't announced him until after the deadline and. There was already photos of him training with the team. Like, it's such an odd vacation to do training yeah. with the Barcelona team. I know it's just coincidentally, he's just in the area. I just thought he'd do a little practice session. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, it just why be so ridiculous and say he's having a vacation? I mean, we all know what's going on. You know, we read the articles. Well, not this season. I didn't, but. You're reading the articles. You're keeping up with it. Everybody knows what's going on. You don't have to be so secretive about it. Yeah, I mean, but you want a player. You want a player. That's. I mean, legally, natural. legally, you have to be secretive. Okay, fine. Yeah, but but uh, still, it's a bombshell for me because I, know, cause... I had absolutely no idea, and as far as I knew, he was still an Arsenal player. Yep. Nope. Uh, it's because he ended up falling out with Arteta. Um, what, not getting started? Yeah, basically. He wasn't even in the team, I don't think. So, 
I uh, remember Arteta leaving Lacazette out for a good chunk of games and Obama Yang was starting. So the flip side happened where Lacazette's now in the team and Obama Yang's out. Yeah, because there's a, a couple of weird things that happened. They're saying there's one I think where he was late to a match, so they just did they just didn't end up putting him in the squad. Mm-hmm. There's like a lot of disciplinary issues. Oh, there's that one game against Man United where Man United beat Arsenal, and Ronaldo mm-hmm. put the post going like, "Yeah, we won, right?" And uh, right. Obama Yang liked the picture, and <laughs> since he's the captain of the team that just lost, yeah, I guess mad about it. And remember that whole stuff that happened. So. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of little things like that that basically built up, and Arteta just decided to make an example of him. And he was like, okay, you're not playing for the team. And yes, does this make Xhaka a better ethical player than Obama? Yeah. No, no chance. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's got any more red cards. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he still hasn't fallen out. I know, I know. So. Uh, so yeah, essentially he was just driven out of the club, and then Arteta just made it perfectly. He's just mm-hmm. very vocal about wanting to get him out. He didn't specifically say it, but right. he's building up to that. So they're trying every anything and everything to try to get him out of the team in this transfer window. And it's basically what both teams wanted. I don't know how much Barcelona wanted a bombing, but bombing definitely wanted to move. But I could have sworn. Back when he was in Dortmund, he said his dream team was Real Madrid. You know how that happens, stuff like that. Yes, <laughs> I mean everybody's everybody's favorite team is not determined until they get signed by a team. Yeah, the good thing is that Bombing already knows Spanish. That's basically the only thing he's got going for him. Um, I mean, here, here's a here's a quick example. How many dream teams does uh, Morata have? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next one. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is always his dream team. Yeah. Uh, so, Obama Yang, for sure, now Barcelona. What do you think, though? We just talked about the controversy. What do you think of him being in that team? I mean, controversy aside, if he can bring his Dortmund form to Barcelona, then it's a great signing. But in Arsenal... He wasn't that consistent. He was missing a lot of easy opportunities. So I don't know. It's a coin toss. You know, it depends if he's going to be. Maybe it's going to motivate him being at Barcelona. Mm-hmm. You know, so he could actually perform well. Um, there's always that honeymoon stage when a player first arrives to a new club. So he could come out of the gates swinging and actually do well. How much did they get him for? Uh, free, I want to say. Okay, okay. Um, but because of that's because they wanted him out so bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, because of the caliber of player he is and the potential that he has to be, and for him being free, I'm gonna give it a B. Just because really? I know, yeah, just because I know what he's capable of. <laughs> but Sorry. if he doesn't perform to that potential, then it's obviously going to be a flop and I'm going to be wrong. But I'm going to be optimistic and I'm going to say it's going to be a B just because new club, new teammates, uh, prestigious 
club name, he should want to do well. Yeah. You know, especially with him, you know, Alvis aside, with him being one of the big names now at the club. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know. I don't know. Yeah. I would give it a C minus, and I'm really tempted to give it a D. Uh, <laughs> that bad? Why? It's just like, well, uh, he's 32. Did you know that? <laughs> uh, uh, no, I did not. And uh, so here's his goals overall. Okay, so 2017-2018, he scored 31 goals. 2018-2019, he scored 31 goals. 2019-2020, scored 29 goals. 2020-2021, he scored 14 goals. And 2021 yeah. to 2022, he's only scored seven, but it's in half the season. So he could, he could very well match what he did last season. But uh, the main thing diminished oh, by half yeah, yeah. what he used to do. And the main thing is like he was good at Dortmund, but one of the big factors at Dortmund was his speed. And I remember, especially everybody playing FIFA, everybody always used Aubameyang. It's true. He was fast, super fast, and uh, I didn't see a lot of that at Arsenal. Like you don't see many counterattacks, him breaking out and just being one on one with the keeper. I don't think. But I, I feel like that's because of, that. of the coaches, though, because I feel like the last coach, the last two coaches that he had, didn't really have a playstyle that would favor his speed. No, I know. Considering that. He left because he had started fighting with Arteta, right? Right. Arteta was assistant to Pep, so he's also another, oh, yeah, he's also another Pep right. two point right? So he's falling into the same and the same type of play. The main issue with the last team was dis- disciplinary issues, and he's going into a team with Xavi, who's if not equally strict, if not more strict than Arteta's probably going to be. Because Pep is the one that started all the strict rules that them two are copying. So it's right. basically exactly the same situation in another team. Uh, as long as he follows the rules, he should be okay. But, you know, that's a big if. Uh, so who knows? Uh, it's probably going to be similar tactics anyway, considering they both play the same more or less system. So, mm. I mean, I don't think it's going to turn out good. I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of people that say it will, but, you know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll no, see. you raised really good points. I didn't even consider that. Um, but I would imagine that Xavi has considered all of that too, no? Maybe. I don't know. Did the team sign a bombing or did Xavi sign a bombing? That's, That's true. Uh, did he want him or was it just a steal because he was available? Yeah, so either way, uh, he's got potential... To okay, still well, be the top player, right? So okay, okay, okay. So based on all of that, I will reevaluate my grade to a C. Yeah. Okay. Just because it seems like you're right, he's technically in the same system, just a different name, different country, yeah, different league. Although the league should be easier, so that's the only thing that could possibly change everything. Yeah. And make him score more goals, but. As far as I know, Barcelona's not doing too hot in the league, so I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. And as far as you say, the disciplinary issues, you know, if he doesn't fix that, then yeah. it's just going to lead to him being benched again. Yeah, currently, Barcelona is fifth in La Liga. 
fifth. Oh yep. my god, that's pretty far down for Barcelona. Well, I think a couple of weeks ago they were ninth, so it was it wasn't. It's not like it's heading in the right direction, but okay, it's going up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's better than when they were under Komen when it was just loss after loss after loss. Yeah, but and to draw and maybe a win every like couple of games. Yeah. That's true. So, yeah. So Barcelona able to make four signings in the window and failed to get rid of Dembele. And as far as I know, they don't have enough resources to sign all or to register all the players in all the competitions. And I think so I heard some of them are going to be left out. Then. Yeah, I heard that Danny Alves was left out of the Europa League, if I'm not mistaken. No. Yeah. Because they don't, they couldn't register or something like that. Uh, don't register Dembele then. No, everybody's joking around that they're gonna put five in the front, <laughs> like it's because <laughs> yeah, they have so many strikers right now. Oh my goodness! What are you gonna do with so many strikers? I mean, they got like Luke the Young, they got Memphis Depay, they got Dembele, they got Ferran Torres, Traore, De- uh, Aubameyang. They got. I mean, it's just. So many people. Oh, well, Braithwaite, I forgot as well. There, that's only going to work if they end up running into injuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there's also another interesting thing that uh, you know Braithwaite, right? Martin Braithwaite, right? The player who was taken from that one club that he was at, and they weren't allowed to re to sign someone else to replace him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Traore were the strike force for Middlesbrough, which is now the strike force for Barcelona. So that's where they're at. <laughs> oh, wow. But, I mean, I'm sure... I guarantee you both of those aren't going to be starting many games. So it's it's just mm. an interesting thing. Okay. That's in- that is interesting. I, I had no idea that they were both in Middlesbrough. No? Yep. Uh, it was that one. It was like four years ago or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, okay, next team. Uh, well, it's kind of a talk of two teams. So, okay. first is uh, your team, Liverpool. They actually made one signing during the winter window. Uh, Luis Diaz? Yes. From yeah. Porto. From Porto. Yeah. Uh, he's young, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Because I know that's the one signing that did happen, and then the other signing fell through. Oh, yeah. Fabio Carvalho from uh, Fulham. Fulham. He's 25, so he's not young, but, you know, he's basically in his prime. He's in that age that Klopp usually looks for. Yeah. Yeah, so I want to say that's a good one, uh, especially after an article I read where someone, a former Porto player, can't remember the name, um, said that it was a bad deal for Porto because they undersold him on his price mm-hmm. for what he's able to do and for how young he is. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't know. I don't keep much with Liverpool targets for obvious reasons, but um, I'm pretty. I mean, Jurgen's got a a good eye, especially for wingers. Oh, he's a winger. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he doesn't miss with when it comes to attacking players. 
That's true. I, I mean, guess look unless, at unless, unless, unless you're talking about Minamino, but uh, I don't even know. Minamino, I think, had a slow start because the times that he's played, he has had yeah chances that he has converted. Although, let's not talk about that open goal. Yeah. <laughs> That's when they tied uh, against uh, Arsenal, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. He could have won. It. We could have won it if he hit that correctly, but he didn't. Um, but yeah, he. I think I want to say you're right. Minamino's pretty much been the exception. I want to say Naby Keita has also been kind of an exception, but no. he's more because of injuries rather than playability. Yeah, but he's been growing a bit. Yeah, um, and. I have no idea about um, Luis Diaz's abilities, yeah, so I, I, there's not much I can say. Um, I'll give it a B, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, because if he is someone who Klopp had his eye on, most likely he is a good player. And like I said, Jota turned out to be really good. I mean, we did see him in Wolves and what he was able to do there, but. I feel like he's stepped up a bit more when it comes to Liverpool. Yeah, it's also because um, I heard that Liverpool is open to selling uh, two of your front three. Not at the same I'm, time, but like one of them. I'm going to say it's going to be Firmino and Mane. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not going to be Salah because he's... Because he just uh, redid his contract, right? I think they were trying to. I don't, I don't remember if that went through. But uh, he's the only one out of the three that actually produces. <laughs> Wait, really? It's <laughs> well. I mean, I know for Mino, say... he's more of a play playmaker. contributor, uh, yeah. playmaker, play contributor, not mm, that much of a scorer. Yeah. But, but when he's on the field, he does tend to make a difference. Um, Mane, he used to be like a head-to-head competition between him and Salah, but. I will agree that he hasn't been scoring as much as other seasons. Yeah. So this is probably a replacement because they already know Jota can provide the goods. And Mm -hmm. so this is probably a replacement for one of them, although they didn't end up selling anybody. So, Well, here's the thing. If we're going to go based on process of elimination, Jota is in to replace Firmino. And I'm going to say that Luis Diaz is going to come in to replace Mane. Yeah, because um, they're, I think Firmino and Mane are both hitting that 30 mark, or they're close to the 30s. Um, yeah. And I listened to a podcast that said that basically their values are going to go down for, for this point. So it doesn't make much sense to renew the contract instead of just selling them. So yeah, Wait. Firmino is 30. And uh, Mane's Mane. like 29, isn't he? Uh, yep. So, yeah. Then, uh, the thing is that the majority of clubs, when players hit that 29 30 mark, they're considered outdated. You can see it in that way that they're not going to do as well. But there could be exceptions to to all that, you know? Well, I mean, there's there's always exceptions, but. But for the most part, for most the most part, part based on everybody else, yeah, it's just like you said. It's a downhill from this point on. Unless you're Zlatan or Messi or Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Or like exceptions. The, the occasional the random Italian player that gets good after they hit 30. 
That is very <laughs> true. It's a freak of nature when that happens. Yeah, so. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going to say it's a good deal, uh, but I, again, don't know anything about him, what he's done. Uh, I'll have to look that up. But for now, I'm going to give it a B just because if he's there to replace someone in the front three, he has to be as good or better. Yeah. Let's see. Um, oh, my God. I want a burp. <laughs> I'd say put mute and burp. <laughs> no, I just uh, cut that out later. <laughs> okay, so... Let's look at his stats. Okay. Overall, he's had 16 goals, 6 assists this season so far. That sounds really good. Let's see, last year. Last year, he got 11 goals and 6 assists, so he's already got 5 more goals than he had before <laughs> in half the time. Yeah, That's sounds like he should be a pretty... As long as he can fit in, you know, and comes in with the same energy and hunger that Jota came in with, I think that he should do very well. well he's Colombian, so you don't have to worry about him playing in the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said that sounded so messed up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to be there. Yeah, so, okay, this is the other side of this coin. All right. Tottenham was, like, 90% sure they were going to sign him. And Liverpool's I like, nah. I about that. Liverpool's like, nah, he's mine. Um, so, I'd say Tottenham's one of the big losers. There's two losing teams of this transfer window, and they're both in the same town, and they both make fun of each other. So, it's uh, so Tottenham. Arsenal and Tottenham. Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. So, Tottenham. Uh it's pretty hilarious. So they're about to sign him, and he's mm-hmm. and then Liverpool came along. Although it's not like Liverpool was going to sign him just because Tottenham was. Liverpool's been right. keeping an eye on him for a long time, but yeah, Tottenham, I figured that they have. Yeah, Tottenham was going to sign him, and then I think the player was like, "But Liverpool, though, you know <laughs> <laughs> that meme." <laughs> yeah, so. So he ended up going there, and Tottenham was so mad. They were so... They expected him to sign him so much. There's this player called Rodrigo Benenker, who was at um, the Copa America with Uruguay, right? Right. They actually, When they sent him the contract to sign, it had Luis Diaz's name on it. <laughs> oh, no. That is so messed up. Please tell me the player refused the contract. No, I mean... I'm sure they just sent another copy or whatever, but oh, that's hilarious! Like that's how much they were confident that maybe that's why they didn't sign them. They just didn't send the papers to the right place. <laughs> that could be. Yeah. They they sent uh, one <laughs> to the one player and then the other with the wrong name to the other player. Yeah, and Tottenham were also interested in. They were really close to getting Traore until Barcelona came along. <laughs> And they say that names don't carry weight yeah. anymore. But look, I mean, people still going to Barcelona, even though they're kind of a trash can with legs right now. Yeah, so, and Conte is the uh, manager of that team, and he's 
I mean, clearly he's a coach that's too good to be in that team. Um, yeah. The only reason he's there is because they promised him they would invest heavily in the transfer window. Which and how many how many signings did they get? Pretty sure there's some more like people. Like 10, 15? Pretty sure there's some more people out than they brought in at this point. Because uh, <laughs> they had to go to Juventus and ask for their leftovers. Because that's the only signings that came in, basically. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, it's a guy called uh, Kulusevsky, who's Swedish, I believe. Um, no he idea. he wasn't. He's a winger. He wasn't starting that much. Um, so he joined the team, and that guy that I mentioned before, Bedenker, was also uh-huh. from Juventus, but uh, oh he wasn't doing that well either. So those are the two that came in. They ended up sending out like five players on loan that they spent a lot of money for, which means they're just losing money. Losing um, money, yeah. Was it Tang? Was it Tangy and Dumbele or whatever? Okay, really. He was sent. I don't know if on loan, but he's out of the team. And but I mean, at that point, that that guy, oh, Delhi Ali also left as well. Re- what? Yeah. Okay. Dele Alley, that one's a I shocker. I guess that transitions us to our next story, which is Everton made some decent signings. <laughs> which <laughs> kind of uh, have a feeling I know where he ended up now. Yeah, Dele Alley ended up going to Everton, which, I mean, makes sense because they fired their coach. So, uh, <laughs> Rafa so, Benitez. And they put in... Who did they replace him with? Oh, Frank Lampard, right. Yes, you told me Frank Lampard was the new coach and that this was should be a pretty I mean, decent mid-table team for him. That's pretty good. It was between Newcastle. Frank had the option of Newcastle or uh, Everton. And Newcastle, being the richest team in the world, ended up losing uh, to Everton. It's not like Everton's not rich either. but uh, I want to say that if it, it doesn't have to do with the money, but maybe more with... The Saudi Arabia thing? No, not the Saudi Arabia thing, but more of the... Um, they're more structured already. You know, Newcastle's a whole restructuring. Yeah, that's that's true. And like, say... Newcastle is a huge project. Everton, you at least have already somewhat of a structure you can build on top on and maybe remold into a shape that works for him. Yeah, I know. They've been trying to remold for like seven years, and they keep firing everybody that tries it. Well, it is Everton, after all. Everton used to be good, but that's only when uh, David Moyes was in it. I don't know. I mean, it's Everton. But, yeah, no, I want to say it's that. Probably just Everton has a little bit more structure to it. They're known as like the seventh-place team. Because uh, that's usually where they end up. But they're close to the relegation zone right now. So Although, they'll be the seventh place team in the championship. Nah. Um, nah, Newcastle is in the relegation zone. So that's uh, that's why I would... That, yeah, that could also be a, a, another thing. Because they would task them to get them out of the relegation yeah, see, zone. see, Everton is in 16th place. So... They are four points out of the relegation zone, but uh, considering that's terrible. Yeah, I know. But I mean, even for Everton, that's pretty terrible. Yeah, I know. But Everton just seems like one of those teams that's too big to get relegated. So they'll probably, especially with a new coach like Frank, and I heard all the players are happy to see Rafa gone. 
that uh, they'll probably pick up some wins at this point because which the interesting thing is that if Everton is happy to see Rafa gone but Newcastle was doing pretty decent with Rafa in it mm-hmm. so could we see him going to Newcastle <laughs> I don't know <laughs> Anyway, I still think that the high task of getting Newcastle out of the relegation zone, them pretty much being a project team. Um, I mean, I'm saying it because they already have a coach. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Eddie um, Howe. Eddie Howe. He was the coach of Bournemouth. Yeah, I remember. Um, but yeah. Uh, okay, well, I mean... I mean you can How do they get out Lampard. of relegations? <laughs> <laughs> How will they? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, Everton. No, I feel like they're gonna start picking up some wins. Hopefully, Delhi Alley actually plays well under a coach for once, because uh, he hasn't well, done that since he broke into the team. <laughs> he had to break into the team after Mo kicked them out of the team. Yeah, no, I'm saying back when he scored that sick goal against Crystal Palace, like. Oh yeah, that's uh, when he broke in, and he had like three good goals, and then since then it's just been you know downhill. Um, yeah, but I mean, he seemed like the type of player who would have this great career and have this high potential, but it's like his roof was a lot smaller than his potential. Yeah, but the thing is, like, so many coaches have given him chances. Every single coach that came into Tottenham started it and tried to I mean, try to use them. And if it happens again, time, if yeah. it happens again at Everton, then it's not the club; it's the player. Yeah, not a single time did it work. So if it doesn't work at Everton, he's either going to go to a bottom half Premier League team, or, or to, well, I mean, technically he's there now, but <laughs> uh, well, yeah, or to like the Championship or some other, or maybe. No, most Another likely champions, league. yeah. But if yeah, this is like his last chance to be at a decent sized team. Um, I don't see him going to an out outside league. Um but I also don't see him actually living up to his expectations. So in terms of Everton Not saying I don't wish for him to do well. I mean everybody wants to see a player do well. But I don't know. I don't think that he'll perform. I'm, I'm going to say he's a C. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask. Like, in terms of everything, what do you think is signing a C? I would agree. I would agree. He's a C. I think Lampard's a B plus. Yeah. Oh, I feel like Lampard's really good, especially... Did they say Lampard? <laughs> Lampard <laughs> is really good. Uh, mostly because I don't think he wants to fail twice in a row. Especially after losing with Chelsea. Like, he should have stayed in that job. A little uh, longer. Like, he should have done everything in his power to stay in that job. But... Yeah. I just don't think he had enough experience in him to... You feel to like he kind goal. of threw the towel in? No, no, no. I think, like, he was lucky with his first season and the second season. He just didn't have enough to keep it going. Mm-hmm. Um, but not a lot of people keep it going at Chelsea, so it was kind of tough. I mean, Chelsea does go through a lot of coaches. Yeah, but they also end up winning a lot. So that's why people keep going there. 
Yeah, I guess it makes sense. But anyway, but maybe that's the formula: going through a different coach every two seasons. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Everton, yeah. they should do well because they bought or they didn't buy. They have another midfielder in the name of Donny Van de Beek. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah, I'm sad about that because I, I really want him. Well, I mean, there's no, there's no uh, buying clause. Did Manchester sell him, or is it a loan? It's a loan with no option to buy because they want him back for the time that the new coach so, comes in. Pretty much to satisfy his, I want minutes. Yes, thing. which I'm happy about because we, you know, hashtag free Donny. <laughs> hashtag free Donny, justice for Donny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Because we all, everybody, if you look at all the comments, everybody in the whole wide world wanted him to play, except for anybody that was the coach of Man United, it seems. so. Uh, and it's sad because nobody really, like, we did give him chances. Yeah, he was bad. But, I mean, there's other players you give chances for, like, 10 games in a row, and they're still garbage. So why couldn't you give them, like, 10 games? And well, here's sure, the thing. Sure and one I, of those he would have. Here's the thing, though. And I'm sure that I mentioned it back then when you first signed him. Is that when you first signed him, when Manchester first signed him, he would do well. And you immediately would see the impact he would have when he was subbed in. But I feel that having benched him for so long killed that momentum that he was bringing with him from Ajax. And that resulted to now when you did Manchester did want to put him in he wasn't having the same effect because he had been sitting there for so long Mm -hmm. so maybe being at Everton will bring back that whole like I want to do well and he'll actually perform and when Manchester gets him back he'll actually do well for them too besides I'm fully expecting Pogba to leave because we're in the last six months, he could sign with any team that he wants to at this point. I feel like he's just waiting to see who the manager that comes in is, just in case he right. wants to maybe stay for a second. But Honestly, I think it's time for him to move on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going to move on, which means there's an open spot for Van de Beek. So I hope he does well for whoever comes in to give him that chance. So... Well, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be very interesting to see how, how Van de Beek performs if he's able to grow in Everton enough for him to get a starting role when he comes back to Manchester United. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's something you're not going to know because especially with Frank, he doesn't have enough history that shows you that he's good at growing players so far. He's only had like three seasons, if anything, under his belt. What, yeah. What I will say is that I think I'm also going to give this of C rating mm-hmm. um, only because in the form that they're getting Van de Beek. Yeah. If they were getting him in the peak form that he had coming out of Ajax, then I would give it B plus. Yeah. B plus just because they would be getting him on a loan, not on a buy. Um, but because they're getting him on a slump where he's not really able to do much when he comes on the field and he's out of form, and it's on the loan, I I think I give it a C. Yeah. I would give it a B for Beak. 
Uh, <laughs> beef for beef. Uh, it's just, I'm just giving it a B for Donnie because it's good for him to get playing time. And hopefully You're giving it a B because you believe in the boy. Yes. Hashtag free Donnie. Hashtag free Donnie. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to just skip over a couple of these because they're not that important. Okay. So, um, Juventus signed a guy named Dusan Vlahovic. I'm pretty sure you don't know who that is. I um, don't have any clue. It's this young guy, but he's a really good striker. Um, there was that... Uh, there's that... There's this one striker called Piatek, who uh, I forgot what team he played for. I want to say Genoa, that he played for Genoa, and he scored like 20 goals uh, <laughs> in one season. And then mid-season, he was, he was like so good mid-season, he got his move to AC Milan, and then he was garbage there. So they sent oh. him to Germany. And uh-huh. um, this guy feels like the second version of him. I'm not saying he's going to be garbage, but he played for Fiorentina, and he scored like 17 goals or something like that yeah um, now i don't know he's going to juventus they paid like a lot of money for him like 70 mil um we'll see i mean i since i don't know anything about him i will say a b wait you said 70 mil yep c <laughs> <laughs> he's 22 years old like he's young. He's twenty two. And he scored how much so far this season? That's all I'm gonna check. I think that uh, like if he's done so, pretty decent in he, an average team. He moved to Juventus for eighty nine million dollars, but it's seventy mil pounds, I think. So Yeah. Still. Uh he's only played twenty one games this season. He only has this season, according to this website. 21 games, 17 goals, 4 assists. So 21 games, 21 goals scored or created. What team is he coming from? Fiorentina. Fiorentina. Okay, you know what? I'll give it a B. Because, Because if you're coming from a lesser team than Juventus to a better team... I would only imagine that he's going to perform even better now. Yeah. Uh, given that he gets enough starting time. Let's see. He was at Fiorentina for four years. Uh, 98 appearances. He scored 44 goals in that time. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. So I'll go like every other game, more or less. A little bit Almost less. A fifth. Almost to 50%. He debuted in 2017. Um, in the 21 season. That's when he really started becoming a starter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. He scored 21 goals in, the, in, in last season. 21 goals. That's and, not bad. And okay. now he has 17 by at a halfway point. So 17 and halfway point. Yeah, I think I I can. He's got. I mean, yeah, he's got two seasons of backup, so it's not like he's got to drop off, and he's going to stay within the same league. So. And apart from that, I think the biggest factor is that he's young. Yeah. So yeah, good signing. 
Yeah. I mean, the price I'm a little eh about, but sounds like a good signing. Yeah. Okay. The next one, Aaron Ramsey signs with Rangers. So he's in Scotland now? Yeah. I don't think that's that big a deal. As long as he doesn't score goals, I'm okay. Because that means nobody's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Wait, where is he coming from? I forgot. He was a. I could have sworn he was still at Juventus. Oh, that's right. That's where he went. He went on a free transfer to Juventus. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, good transfer for Rangers. Because he does have kind of like a track record of scoring. Yep. If you follow the um, obituary. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think he should be a good good uh, setting for Rangers. Yep, so he went on loan. For, uh, even... for a 5 million transfer, or for a loan fee of 5 million. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's not bad. It's not bad. Alone, and you're getting Ramsey from Juventus to Rangers. Sounds like a pretty decent deal to me. Yeah. I don't know how Rangers is doing since Stevie G left. So, I know what's under Stevie G they were doing fantastic. Yeah. Okay, next one. Erickson has signed with Brentford. Okay, so Erickson signed to Brentford from free agency because he was released by Inter Milan. Oh, that's right. Because you're legally not allowed to play with uh, was it the pacemaker in Italy? Yeah, that's part of the rules. Yeah. Okay. Um, Brentford is in the Premier League. Yeah, the bees. They got the they got a B as their logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not that big of a team, but honestly, because of the player that Ericsson is, it's a great signing. Yeah, I mean it's only till the end of the season, but they they have a it's one of those where they can extend it if they want to. One of those. Mm, okay, I mean I don't see why they wouldn't unless another team becomes interested in Ericsson yeah. and kind of just like pulls them away from from Brentford. Uh, but just quality of Ericsson, I'm gonna say it's a good a good signing. Yeah, I'd agree. I'm happy to see him playing again because uh, yeah. As long as he's comfortable and, you know, he's got the pacemaker, so he should be good. Um, as long as he's comfortable, should be great, you know? Yeah, and I think we kind of all want Erickson to do well. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to see him in the Premier League again. It kind of kind of feels like he's coming home in a way, you know, mm-hmm. just league-wise. Yep, kind of miss seeing him in the, in the teams, but yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Who's next? Insigne signs with Toronto. That, I believe I was aware of. You had mentioned that. Um, Good signing. He's not with them right now. He's going at the end of the season, basically. So in the summer. Yeah. Um, Good signing for Toronto. He's a great player. Very, very quick when it comes to like being in the third of the field. 
<laughs> and the third of the final third. No, the final third. That's what I was trying to He's good of. at dribbling. He's got decent long shots. I mean, to be that short and still be at the top of the game, you got to He's very good. well-rounded. Yes. So, I mean, thinking back to Jovinko, the impact that he had when he was at Toronto, I want to say that he's probably going to have the same amount of impact at Toronto this time around. Yeah. So, great signing for them. I categorize that as an a i agree it's great to see a player of that status i know they say mls is a retirement league but i don't not mind seeing players of that status come to mls because how else are we going to see them (laughs) (laughs) true true but i mean he's still got a lot to give right so this is here's the thing fine you can say it's a retirement league when all these you know european players who play in the big five um, come over. But you also have to remember, this is a very young league still. So there's still a lot of growing to do. And I think that every one of these players, retirement home or not, they contribute a little bit every time that they come over. So I don't mind. Call it a retirement retirement league. As long as these players keep coming over and they put on a great performance and make it more competitive. I think that's all that really matters. And I think it's, it's going to do a really great job at Toronto, especially under their new coach, Bob Bradley, who will most likely be a very attacking team. So I think we're going to see a lot of goals from him. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be okay. good. I'm excited to see that, even if we're on the wrong end of those all right time to be super american and talk about the usa so all right sent a bunch of people to europe in this transfer window a bunch who was it dallas is dallas sending everybody over uh no actually it's like from all over the weekend surprisingly no i mean of course it's almost like part of the dallas culture you got to send at least three kids every window um (laughs) So, first one, uh, most expensive one so far is uh, Ricardo Pepe to Augsburg for 17 million euros. 17 million. Wow, that's a pretty penny for to an be, American. No, well, he's also from FC Dallas. So. <laughs> okay, there you go. That's See, I need Dallas. Yeah, no, Not that, that, that's the most, I think. And I feel, like, I feel like a lot of Americans tend to end up in Germany. Um, yeah, for some reason, the transition's easier over there in Germany. I mean, it kind of seems to work out because look at Pulisic, who came from Dortmund, you know? So mm. it, 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 then you got Sargent, you know, who's also doing good in the Premier League. So I think that Germany is a great place for our MLS homegrown to go and grow even more. Yeah, I agree. Although I don't think he scored a goal yet, but I mean, with Augsburg, yeah. as long as they're not in the relegation zone and they're playing and they give them time, he should score some goals. Well, Bundesliga is very unpredictable, so yeah. I think you can expect him to score sooner or later. Yeah, for sure. Okay, next one: Daryl DK to West Brom for seven million euros. You don't know who that is, do you? I have no idea who he is, but West Brom sounds like a okay team to go to. Championship. They're one of those teams that, along with Fulham and Norwich, 
I mean, mm-hmm. Norwich, Norwich, whatever. Uh, they're the ones that always seem to go up and down and up and down. Yeah. Um, which is pretty decent. You'll get a decent chance of being able to make it to the Premier League. I don't know how they're doing this season because I don't watch the championship like everybody else. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But if you remember, he's one of the ones that went on loan. I forgot mm-hmm. what team it was. Uh, it started with a C as well, but uh, I can't remember right now. An but, MLS team? Or? No, it was a championship team. Oh, He um... plays for Orlando. He went on loan to another team in the championship. And he scored a bunch of goals there. Well, not a bunch, but like a decent amount of goals there. Except mm-hmm. I don't think they were going to pay enough money to sign him. So he went back to Orlando, played the rest of the season there. Then um, he played with U.S. He, I don't think he scored much for the U.S. yet. And finally he was sold to uh, West Brom for 7 million euros, which is still pretty, pretty cheap. I think in terms of international sales, it's pretty cheap considering how many goals he scored. But, you know, more Americans in Europe, the better. So, I mean, yeah, it could be pretty cheap. But I think that if you base it on how the higher leagues tend to view MLS, it's kind of like a decent starting point. Nope. Yeah, I feel I feel like that tends to be the average when it comes to pricing. Yeah. Um, although I, I'm pretty sure that some have gone for definitely lower than that, like two million. The most um, but uh, I mean, he's got the experience already there, mm-hmm. so I think he'll be able to do well for Westbrook. Yeah, for sure. All right, next one is a guy named George Bello to Armenia Bielefield. It's uh, one of the Newly promoted teams in the Bundesliga. That's why you don't recognize the oh, name. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, I was trying to think. It's like, wow, I have not heard of that name. What league is that? Uh, he played okay. for um, Atlanta United, and it was pretty right. decent from what I hear. He played for the U.S. when they, you know, last year when they were winning all those games in like the Gold Cup and stuff like that. He yeah, was, he was a part of that squad. Okay, um, so he's that decent, squad actually yeah. did very well. Yeah, he's relatively young. I just, I'm sure you'll get game time in a team like that. Well, here's the thing. I mean, it, we shouldn't focus on how great the team that they're going to is or what the type of league that they're going to. It's the important thing is for them to break into it, yeah. and that's pretty much the first step. And being exposed to it and getting used to it will improve their gameplay as time goes on. Um. So mm-hmm. even though this is a newly promoted team in the Bundesliga, I don't know how they're performing because I haven't kept up with the Bundesliga this time. Um, but because it's a newly promoted team, I think he has maybe a higher chance of starting or being subbed on. So I think it's a great signing for him. And if he he did well in the squad with the U.S. during that Gold Cup time, I mean, he, he should be a good signing for them. You know, as long as he's able to to adjust in time for them, then it should be good for yeah. both parties. But I feel like this is a better signing for him than for the squad, for, for the team that he's going to. Sure. Okay. Another one is a kid named Austin Trusty to Arsenal. No, I don't know uh, who Austin Trusty is. I don't know anything, but apparently this one took a lot of people by surprise because it seemed like it came out of nowhere. Ah, Austin Trusty. Oh, yeah. No idea. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but to Arsenal? That's pretty big. That is a pretty big... How old is this kid? It's one of the young ones. Okay, so he's really young. Yeah. Uh, he plays for... He, okay, so... He, it was one of those deals, because you know how the MLS window is out of sync with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. So, he's low. he was bought by Arsenal. Okay, but so he's, he's on loan back. Yeah, but he's on loan back to his current team, which okay. is Colorado Rapids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm just looking at that now. Um, okay, so he's 23 to Arsenal. He's got to be pretty special then for them to pick him up. Yeah, I mean, 23. I thought he was one of the young ones. No, he's actually. That's actually pretty old, unless yeah. they're planning on putting him in the team directly. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like for 23, he has to be pretty, pretty good. Like, like stand out. At least bench, right? At least bench, yeah. Um, because it doesn't make sense for Arsenal to make a signing from the MLS unless the player shows some sort of potential that he would be a good fit for the team right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, because I don't know anything about him, um, I don't think I'm going to rate this one. But for him, I would rate it an A just because, I mean, even if it's Arsenal, it's Premier Arsenal. Premier League. Premier League, exactly. Yeah. So for him, great job in getting that signing. Now just hope to start or get subbed in. Yeah, I already talked to you about this one, but Matt Turner to Arsenal. That's the goalie for New England Revolution. Also was the goalie for the U.S., and he's really good at saving penalties. Yeah. Yes, you did mention this one. Um, I do kind of remember him a bit vaguely. Okay, I'm looking at his face right now. Uh, he's the guy that I said looks like Middle Ditch. Yes, he does. Um, <laughs> Thomas Middleditch the second. Uh, he is a great keeper. Uh, now that I'm remembering how he was playing, he's a great, great keeper. Uh, definitely showed a lot of potential. Can definitely be the starting. Is he the starting goalkeeper for the U.S.? Yeah, no. The starting would be uh, what's his face from Man City. Stefan. Yeah, Zach Stefan. Although I don't okay. know why because he doesn't play. But if between Zach Stefan and Turner, I would go with Turner. I would agree. Like, I think he actually plays very well. He he stands with a lot of confidence, and he seems to know what he's doing. Zach Stefan. I mean, yes, he's got talent, but I feel like. Turner just is a little better. He's not playing much right now either. But I feel and, like, yeah. well, Arsenal solidified the goalkeeper position with, uh, was it Aaron Ramsdale? Right. And he's been really good lately. He's also young. He's 23. Yeah. Somewhere I'll... around there. Um, so it's, so you get... it's a baby in goalkeeper years. Yeah. Aaron Ramsdale, 23 compared to Turner's 27. Uh, However, but, I feel like he's he could be. I think he's good enough to be number one. Like he, it's a pretty even match. Compete. He believe. can compete. He can definitely compete. Yeah. Um, Nobody in England's gonna know about him, but we do. So <laughs> yeah, he can definitely compete. He's six three. Uh, 
Ramsdale's six two, so they're kind of on par when it comes to their height. Uh, skills, I think Ramsdale, for how young he is, he's very talented. Um, and he's been playing day in, day out against the top teams in the Premier League. Uh, yeah. Turner hasn't had that experience, but I feel like in between cup games, he will be getting that experience and be tested out to see if he's good enough to be number one. You know, mm-hmm. it, all it takes is the number one to make a couple of mistakes, maybe lose some confidence, and he can become the number one. Um, but we'll see what happens. But he's that's a great signing for both of them because I think he's a great keeper. Arsenal just got themselves a great keeper. So if Ramsdale is ever out for any reason, you know, not wishing that ever happens, but if he is out for any reason or they just need to rest Ramsdale for some reason, then I want to say that they're in pretty good hands with Turner. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's only good news for Arsenal because that just means they're going to have a good goalkeeper like competition, which yeah. only is going to make the performances even better. So. That's good yeah, for them. And it's going to benefit us as U.S. fans in having an even better keeper. And now, if if Turner is number two to Stefan, I mean, they're both in the Premier League, and if Turner ends up getting more playtime, I'm pretty sure that's going to turn around really quick to him being the number one in the U.S. Yeah, for sure, which I would have no complaints. Definitely not. I honestly would rather him than Stefan. Okay. All right, on to the next player, uh, James Sands. To Rangers, no, he's a player from New York City FC. I don't know much about him because I didn't really watch NYC FC. But, uh, you know, another American to Europe. (laughs) Another one? Why not? I mean, they need to get that experience so that they can perform on the world stage. Yeah, and there's no other better leagues than the ones in Europe. Even, I mean, especially with Rangers, they're going to... It's crazy over there in Scotland with the fans and stuff. So the pressure that they experience over there is just its only going to make them better. Oh, definitely. And apart from that, I think that all of these players that are currently going over to Europe will motivate the rest of the players in this league to better themselves too. I think it's already happening. So because of that, I think the side effect will be that Hopefully, this league will also be better. Yeah. You know, so great signing for for them going to to Europe. I mean, Rangers, I think it's going to be very competitive. I agree. I agree, but hopefully you get some game time. Um, Definitely. Okay, so next one, Cole Bassett to Feyenoord. Now he's another player I don't know much about. I think he was also from Colorado Rapids. But Feyenoord, uh, the Dutch league is just like the Bundesliga. A lot of American players go there as well to mm-hmm. get their first team experience. So it's not um, it's not a bad league to start in. But it, I mean, Feyenoord's not a bad team either. Yeah, that's why that's a pretty good. They're always like top four or five for sure. Yeah. Uh, but overall, that's just on my list alone. I have uh, seven players that went to Europe. Uh, that's pretty crazy. good, and he's only twenty two. I know. Not 22, he's 20 also. Yeah, uh, he's pretty young, right? So it's good. There is a crazy amount of players in Europe right now from the U.S., which... Uh, Exciting. I think we should just try to do the, the thing that uh, Argentinos and Brazilians do, which is just 
saturate the market over there so much yeah. that at some point you're gonna have some good plays oh of course i mean <clears throat> the more players that have experience out there the better that they're gonna be overall yeah. Yeah. so uh, that'll be good and here's the thing i think the, the hardest thing for most of these players especially coming from the u.s or coming from the mls or coming from this side of the world and if you're not from south america is game time yeah and as long as they're able to get some game time you know even if it's half half a time then you know what that's better than the last three minutes of the game yeah so it's exciting to see so many players getting signed i mean randomly by arsenal to really good teams and to some newly promoted teams i think it's all exciting for them and for us as as fans for sure um Okay, so that takes care of most of the players that went to Europe from the U.S. Uh, in comparison, Liga MX just sent uh, one player to Europe, and that was Orbelin Pineda to Salta Vigo. Orbelin Pineda? Yeah, right? Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. From back in the day. It, t- it just took me a second. I had to say the name out loud in order for me to remember. I think it was way okay. late. Okay, to Cruz Azul, right? Yeah, so from Cruz Azul, he went to um, Salta Vigo, basically. Salta yeah. Vigo. Okay, interesting. Um, he was one of the players that had potential, uh, who was performing well, but kind of dipped towards the end. Of Chivas, right? Of Chivas, yeah, and his his uh, time at Chivas. And then in Cruz Azul, I feel like his form picked up again. Mm. Um, so I'm going to guess his transfer is based on that. Yeah. No, for sure, for sure. No, it did, and plus they won the league and all that. But he was already gathering a lot of attention. But uh, I feel like this this move was late by three years because it should have happened a long time ago. It should have happened, I want to say, during his time at Chivas, and not even the the end, but more like the middle. Um, the only problem that I see is that he could probably be a very hit or miss kind of player like he's either going to do very well or he's just going to do very poorly yeah hopefully i mean the trend with mexican players is that it's been going real poorly but hopefully he does good yeah i mean even the good players like uh, linus don't get the starting time that you would imagine based on their performance in their home league exactly but so Hopefully for him, it turns out different. He actually gets some play time, um, and he's able to adjust quickly. And it isn't one of the, I was just there for a little while just to sightsee, and now I'm back. Yeah, for sure. Um, in terms of that, uh, I feel like the um, extra descent around four or five players but the rest of those players ended up just switching around teams in Liga MX as they always do. Uh, so one was uh, his name Luis Romo. I want to say Luis Romo he, sounds familiar, but yeah. I don't think I know. He played for Cruz Azul as well. Um, he ended up going to Monterrey instead of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in a player swap, so they swapped him for Charlie Rodriguez. Rodriguez, I can't even say our own name. <laughs> Charlie Rodriguez. Yeah. 
Charlie Rodriguez to Charlie Rodriguez ended up going to Cruz Azul. Uh, he also should have went to Europe instead. That's Omar Bravo Jr. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> I uh, him I do know. He from the last time that I that I had seen him play well, he seems like a good player. Uh, he's still pretty young, right? Who? Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. So, I feel like he should have gone to to a European team or an international team somewhere. Um, But we know how difficult it is for Mexican players to break out of the league. So, by the time he does get out, it's probably going to be a little too late for him unless someone comes in with a pretty decent offer. Yep. So, they ended up staying. Vega is still with Chivas, but he should... If anybody should be going to Europe, it's him. Macias mm-hmm. came back to Chivas because they didn't want him in Europe. Um, well, that's because he went when he had zero form. Yep. And he didn't play that much. Yeah, Alexis Vega is 24, so he's in that club prime of his age and playing career. So if there's any time for him to make a push to try to get into a European team, it is now. Yeah. And there was uh, Antuna, who ended up going to Cruz Azul as well. Because we really? switched him for another player named Piojo Alvarado, who was another player that should be going to Europe. Uh, and then there was Sebastian Cordova, who played for America. He should have went to Europe and ended up going to Tigres instead. And yeah, so basically all the young Mexican players just switched teams. That's all. They never go yeah. to Europe. That's the main issue with why they're doing so bad. Okay, so if I'm not mistaken, the majority of the players on this list that you just mentioned have played for the national team. Yep. They were, most of them were at the, no, no, I think all of them were at the Olympic squad. They were at the Olympic squad, but i looking at some of their faces and I want to say that a lot of these were in also like the Gold Cup. Yep, and some of the qualifying. They're the matches. ones that yeah. should replace all the players playing right now. Yeah, which is not. Yeah, these players should not be in in the Mexican league currently. Yeah, but what are you gonna do? That's the main. If, I mean, if they want to fix their team, they gotta start sending these kids out. But they want to charge like twenty mil. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the unfortunate thing that the clubs and the club owners are looking for a hefty payout. When I'm not gonna say that the players aren't valuable, but they're definitely not at the point of requesting like twenty five million for a player. I mean, look at the players that you mentioned for the U.S. and the MLS. You know, you, the most expensive was 17, then you went to 7, and then what did we say the average was? About $2 million per player? Yeah. You know, that's where they should be aiming at, but no. They're trying to get a cash payout, but it's it's never going to work if, if that's going to be how they're going to be offered to other teams from different countries. Yeah, I know, and I don't. It doesn't look like it's going to get better anytime soon. No, I don't think it'll ever get to a point where 
they're not going to ask for a crazy, crazy amount for a player. But hopefully, you know, they do end up getting into some sort of like loan with option to buy kind of deal. Yep. So that, that, oh, I forgot to talk about one last bit of news. And that's the bit of news where we reached the half point of this podcast. I don't want to say half point. It's probably going to be over. Like the second half is definitely going to be quick. But okay, I feel like we should take a little break. But okay, the last bit of news. Yedlin. DeAndre Yedlin. DeAndre Yedlin is in the MLS, I think I remember. Yes. He came back to the MLS with Inter Miami. Inter Miami. Do they have a spot for him or are they going to over register again? It doesn't matter. They just make up DP spots. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I mean,. Yedlin was a good player once upon a time. Uh, then I want to say he lost his form, and that's how he ended back in the MLS. Yeah, he was uh, in Turkey, in the Turkish League, <laughs> before he came yeah. back over here. I mean, not going to say that the Turkish League is bad, because I don't know much about it. But you know... <laughs> Then it's a great league. It's a fantastic league. Yeah. Fenerbahce number um, one. <laughs> Fenerbahce number one. There we go. <laughs> uh, but Yedlin, uh, he has been on a dipping point for quite some time. So I don't know. I don't think that he's going to make much of a difference when it comes to Inter Miami. Um, so kind I of know. like a D. They're basically taking all the Seattle players because they took Seattle's sporting director, like their old one, the one that made signed all the players. Okay. So, and I mean, Yedlin came from Seattle anyway. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. So I did not know it, that. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably why that happened. But eh, it's more of a meh signing to me because I haven't seen anything exciting from Yedlin, especially with all the new young U.S. players out there right now. He's, he's well, really I mean, falling down if- the ladder for me. If you compare him to all of the current U.S. players, he doesn't even break into the reserves. No, I mean, he was playing in the last squad, but I'd say he'd be more bench than anything. I mean, if he was playing in the last squad, it wasn't because of how good he was. I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, I, I think he's still got his pace. Yeah, but I don't know. Let's see. He's still only 28. Um, Damn, I feel like he's been around forever. And that's because he, he left to Europe when he was young. He's mm-hmm. a right back. Uh, let's see. Who does he have competition with? A Dest? That's what I was thinking. I was like, is it Dest? I think it's Dest. Oh, God, it doesn't even say. It just says fullback. <laughs> Yeah, I, I yeah, want to yeah, say no, it is Dest. Yeah, Dest plays his right back for Barcelona. Yeah, he ain't, he's not going to start over Dest 100%. Yeah, that's never going to happen. Inter Miami or Barcelona, which one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm taking. They're both bad Inter at handling Miami. money. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, all right, fine. I, I haven't seen Yedlin in a long time. Maybe he still has it, but from what I last remembered, he wasn't so consistent and he tended to get yellows too frequently for the position that he plays um so that's kind of 
my basis on why I'm judging him so hard. Yeah, so, current but, value is three uh, million dollars. There you go. Oh, well, I mean, hey, Inter's got a new player. Hopefully, he does well for them. For sure, for sure. Okay, that takes us to the halfway point. Going to take a little break. Imagine there's music playing because we're going to come back in. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm on. Stop. Okay. So we're back. First thing we're going to talk about is CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. So over the last week was the international break. Uh, yeah. We're going to talk about three teams, Canada, USA, and Mexico. So, the usual big teams. Well, Canada's never been a big team. Well, it's been the big three. No. Okay, fine. Big two and a half. Yeah, you're talking about economies here. <laughs> oh, that's true. My bad. No, no, it's uh, usually it's USA, Mexico, Costa Rica, if anything. Yeah, you're right, Costa Rica. So yeah, Canada's the the new kid on the block right now. Yeah, yeah. So Canada did amazing over the break. They played three games. They won all three. One of them was against the U.S., which is hilarious. <clears throat> that was unexpected. I honestly thought that the U.S. was going to take that. Probably not easy, but I definitely thought that they were going to take it. That's uh, because mostly the USA strategy was see how many times Pulisic can fall. I mean, sorry, <laughs> it's Pulisic, right? Pulisic. <laughs> what kind of strategy is that? Oh, that was his strategy. He didn't do oh, much. Okay. He was just trying to fall and get like so... free kicks and stuff. You're telling me he was pretending to be a fish the whole time. Yeah. He's trying to be a Neymar. <laughs> Roll his way to yeah. the qualifiers. So USA was meh. They lost one and they won two. Uh, and Mexico was meh as well, but they played like garbage. So they won two games, but they lost one. The one that mattered was against Panama, which they won, which was good. But that game was so boring. And I, I fell asleep in the first half, so... <laughs> I'll put it this way. I'm less surprised that Canada won and more surprised that Mexico won. Yeah, same here. And I don't even know how much of a penalty that was, but whatever. Um, not it's that we hate Mexico. We It's not like we hate Mexico. We go for both teams, but we're really judgmental against Mexico because we know they could be way better. They definitely have the ability to be way better. They don't seem to try to be their best and honestly i think they need to be called out for what they are at this moment and that is not a good team yeah and that's mainly for the reasons we said before about not sending enough kids to europe and not having good backups i mean yes that's one part of it but the players that we currently have in that team now they don't even seem like they want to be there. It's more like they just show up for attendance. That's what I'm saying. The young players who should have been in Europe should have replaced these guys already. Yeah, they should have. There's no reason why Varadalo should still be on that field. Like, I love him as a player, but he is not good enough to be in the international team. Especially at that age, it should have been given to somebody young. Yeah, I mean, you do have a point that age does have a lot to do with it. But think about 
other international teams and their older players and how passionate they are about their national team. Yeah. You know, you don't see that same kind of drive from these players that you see from those players. And if they put in half the care, I think that they would at least have kind of some sort of consistency when it came to playing. Yeah, but they don't. They complain a lot, especially about the media, which the media does attack them a lot. But they also complain a lot and they don't really do much. I mean, in the game against Panama, it was like they're walking the whole first half. I didn't see anybody looking like they wanted to win that game. They're overconfident in themselves and not in a good way. And they feel entitled. Yep. As opposed to Canada, we see everybody's having fun and they love it every time they win. (laughs) But you know what? Here's the thing. They'll, they can get act the way that they're acting now, but the results will show who's the better team. I mean, yeah, sure. They might end up qualifying for the world cup, but they're definitely not going to do well once they get drawn with stronger teams. So my prediction so far is they're not going to make it out of the group stage of the world cup. Yeah. So if they make it to the world cup, but I mean, yeah, so I agree if they that... make it to the world cup, they're not going to come out of the group stage. Tell me something new. <laughs> I mean, usually they make it out of the group stage, no, I know, I know. but they never get past that first game after the group stage. No, I was going to say that I feel like they're going to qualify for the world cup, but just barely like they're really going to get, hang on to that third place spot. I feel like it's been like that in the last two World Cups. I'm hoping Costa Rica or Panama gets that fourth spot so that they can beat whoever they have to do the playoff against, and then we can have four teams in CONCACAF at the World Cup, which would be great. I mean, it would be great because it's so uneven when it comes to the representation at the World Cup. I'm just happy Canada's finally in there. I feel like USA, Mexico, and Canada should have been the big three originally. It should have. I mean, it did take Canada a while to get there, but at least they're finally there and they're proving it, not just to Mexico, which is pretty much what the CONCACAF bar is usually set at, yeah. uh, but they're proving it to the U.S., who in the last two years have beaten Mexico in the major competitions. Yeah, for sure. So I'm happy that they're finally getting around to win. Uh, yeah, I'm happy about that too. All right. Well, I mean, that pretty much covers that. Like, the, the window was kind of eh. Like, the, the, the international window was eh. Yeah. Not, not that I, exciting. I wasn't even aware of it. I just figured that there was going to be some sort of international break because there was no um, Premier League. Yeah. Um, I, I think the next window should be better because I believe. They play USA plays against Mexico during that time. Oh, that'll be good because I mean, three losses so far to the U.S. Yeah. So let's see. The next World Cup qualifier is against USA, Mexico, and El Salvador. All right. That's yeah. going to be interesting because El Salvador tends to be a little bit tough too. Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting. What? No, it's just I'm looking at the matches, how Mexico tied against Canada in one of the games and then lost the other one. So they don't yeah. play 
Canada again. Canada should be easy then at this point. Their outlook for the rest of the qualifiers? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's see. Their next that. matches are Costa Rica, Jamaica, Panama. I mean, they're definitely good enough to beat Panama and Jamaica for sure. Uh, Costa Rica, it'll be a challenge, but Costa Rica is worse than Panama right now, so they should handle that too. So, I mean, they should clinch it in the next game or two. Yeah, Panama wasn't playing too bad um, in this past match. So they might be the tough one when it comes to that matchup. Yeah, and USA plays against uh, Mexico, Panama, and Costa Rica. So USA is perfectly capable. I know, they're perfectly capable of losing all of those games. So (laughs) I don't think it's (laughs) I thought you were going to say perfectly capable of just winning everything with ease, but... I agree. I think that usually in the ones that it seems like they might be able to just win it easily, they tend to kind of lose it. And Mexico's going to struggle for all of those, for sure. Yeah. No, but, uh, I mean, those three alone for the U.S., it seems like it's going to be a little bit tough for them. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. So Unless they can get their act together again, because back when they were playing um, earlier last year, Mm -hmm. they were in really great form. Yeah, I know, but I think the the loss to Canada kind of. Kind well, of, I mean, they won their last game three zero, but that's also because they were playing in the negative. Was it five degrees or whatever? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that the Canada loss is too big of a deal. I mean, I think you can respect the work that Canada's put in so far to get to the point that they have and to actually beat the U.S. Yeah. I think that the U.S. kind of just ended up letting their guard down. Um, and thought that they they would probably be ahead, but um, they just need to get back up and just know that every team is gonna try their best to beat them. Yeah. All right, moving on. We're gonna talk about the Afcon Cup, the oh. Africa Cup of Nations. Okay, so in the final, you got Egypt versus Senegal. For Senegal. Salah versus Mane. Who do you got? Um, I'm gonna go Egypt. Hmm, interesting. I'm gonna back uh, Salah. I mean, you did mention earlier how between the both of them, Salah is the one that has been producing more for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna say that they're gonna do better. Uh, I don't know what their journey has been so far through this tournament on who they faced and who had the harder road to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're going based on that, then whoever had a harder time getting there or a tougher team should probably come out on top. Yeah, so I'm going to... My gut is telling me Mane. I don't know why, but I feel like Senegal's going to do it. So we'll see. I don't even know where the final is. Maybe it already happened. No. Just kidding, it hasn't happened. Uh, Senegal versus Egypt. That happens... Oh, today at 11. There you go. <laughs> so, oh, okay. I wanna, I'll see, <laughs> so I'll we'll see if we can yeah, see if could stream it. Uh, let's see. What TV channel is it on? What... Okay, it's not on any normal channel. 
Okay, well, we'll figure out the score um, as it is updated Whatever. when they're playing. No, I can find an illegal stream somewhere. <laughs> You're cutting that, right? Oh, no. Why do I have to cut that? <laughs> uh, nobody, Nobody's going to know. Like, if I say I'm going to rob somebody, it doesn't mean I'm going to rob them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just a joke. Wink, wink. <laughs> wink wink if you can't find a stream it's not our fault it said the the website was not available in America that's not my fault <laughs> you're going to use a VPN yeah. to it's not like I'm stealing I can't steal money from them in a market that they don't have <laughs> right you raise a good point there yeah, yeah. alright but um, I think I, I, I'm going to go with Egypt and so this this will be good you're choosing Senegal I'll choose Egypt and we'll see who comes out on top. All right, sweet. Okay. Next, we're finally going to get around to our LAFC news of the day. It's not even the all day because right. we're talking about the week. So I don't know why I said that. But all right. Quick little update. LAFC hired a new director of football operations. Did you hear about that at all? I did not. Unless you mentioned it and I completely... Okay forgot about it no i specifically did not mention it okay so this director of operations is who and what can i expect from him i'm guessing that he's going to take over the signing of players and uh, the managing of like academy products stuff like that all the football decisions mm. What is John Thorrington's position? Because he's the—he's basically the guy that hired him. John Thorrington. He's the general um, manager of LAFC. Okay. And co-president. Yeah, uh, I see that here. But the guy that they hired, his name is Marco Garces. And he was the ex-director of Pachuca. Pachuca had a good amount And this of... is during the time when they won the Conca Champions and all that. Okay, so the good years. The ones where they developed Chucky and Guti and right, Pizarro. Sounds, sounds like a good era. Yeah, so he's now in charge of us. Nice, nice. So that makes me excited. It makes me excited to see... too. Somebody that's not afraid to sell players to, to Europe. That's good. I mean, if there's anything that you want to do is develop players that go out to Europe, yeah. especially homegrown players, yep. because like you mentioned before, that'll just improve the whole market when it comes to the U.S. players. Yep. But I'm excited as for LAFC to see all the players that he'll be aiming to bring in. Yep. Because we are in desperate need of some new blood in so, the team. Based on what I see from this quote from John Thornton, this is what he says. His extensive experience in building arguably the most productive academy in North America at Pachuca and his expertise in scouting will add great value to LAFC. Mm-hmm. So that's mainly what he's going to be in charge of. I mean, if he has... If, he, if this is coming from the guy who is an expert and has created the best. I mean, 
I think we're lucky to have him in the position that he's going to get. Yeah, so it looks like he's involved with uh, he's involved with bringing players in and, and sending our young players out. That's what it sounds like. Okay, so it's we'll be sending a lot of players out. Yes. I'm imagining. Yes, and I'm I'm more curious to see what players are going to come in. He was, in, he was in charge of sending Chucky and Guti to PSV and Ache Ache to Porto. That's who mm. was in charge. Well, and look at them. I mean, Ache Ache playing at Atleti and won. Chucky, Chucky and Napoli. <laughs> Chucky at Napoli. And he's had a pretty good career, except when it comes to playing at the national team. Um, but... Those are three good players. Yep. So, hopefully, I would love to see more of our academy players play because I feel like we didn't see that enough last season. Yeah, I think so too. Especially, I feel like, well, I mean, based on what I've heard, seeing the results from LAFC Academy, uh, apparently we have one of the best academies in the MLS, and we haven't really seen that on the field yet. So, uh Keep an eye. No. We had, we remember we signed, uh, we signed three players in 20, 2019, 2020, something like that from our academy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, one's currently injured. I think he did his ACL. <laughs> oh, that's going to take a while. Yeah. So he's out for now. Uh, the other two seems like they're training with the, top squad right now the, the first first team squad so mm-hmm. that's good news to hear so hopefully they start playing soon but i'm excited about the director of football operations yeah it seems like his aim is going to be to grow the club not just internally but externally and if we can do that i think that we'll be able to attract more players to want to sign for us so, for now, I mean, we're not performing well. And if we're able to do that, and no, it's not going to be overnight. It's going to be a couple of years before that is fully developed. Uh, but if that goes well, we'll definitely have uh, definitely one of the top teams in the country. And hopefully it's settled in a way where it'll be up there for a while. Yeah, exactly. Um uh... So we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. The season starts this month. This uh, month already? Wow, that's yes. so quick. Uh, I think it's in 20 days, the 26th. Nice. I'm excited. Do we know who we're facing yet? Uh, 26th of February until 9th of October. Uh, let's check the schedule. Uh, looks like we're so, playing against Colorado. Yep, Colorado Rapids, uh, twelve thirty p.m. So midday on Univision. Uh, this is Pacific Standard Time. That is on a Saturday. I'll definitely be watching that. Okay, watching the next game too. is the next week after that against Portland on a Sunday against Portland on Fox Sports. I gotta figure out what kind of. I need to get some kind of streaming service to get the Fox Sports stuff. Yeah. 
But yeah. Uh, Sounds excited. like be two tough games to begin with. Yeah. And we're kind of not settled in yet. Luckily, we do have two games to warm up to before then. So, um, I mean, we already played them. <laughs> what, the uh, one against DC United and the one against Red Bulls? Where'd you see that? Those are the following two games. Uh, one's on the 15th of February. The other one's going to be on the 19th of February. Oh, you're checking um, on the actual LFC website or like the, the, the Google thing, right? Yeah, I just looked up their oh. schedule. Oh, I guess that's preseason. Uh, yeah, so preseason. So we have at least two shots to kind of see where we're at with the team and try to figure out a decent lineup that can give us a strong start. Um, and if we can bring any other players in in the meantime, I mean, that, that would be great. Yeah, no, I mean, speaking of players, that's where I was going to transition next. So here's our transfer business so far. I've got a whole list. I'm is just Zimmerman gonna... back? Is Zimmerman <laughs> back? No, nah, it's not going to happen. We got to uh, pay twice as much. We got to pay two million in Garbrew bucks. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, that's not going to happen. It still hurts, but uh, in our in our heads, he's still at least he played right. Uh, yeah. Worst decision the club's ever made. Yeah, but I mean, we're young. We could, we could make a worse one. <laughs> <laughs> I hope uh, not. Okay, uh, so here's the transfers so far. I'm just going to read them all, and you tell me which one you want uh, to elaborate on. So, right. coming into the club, we got John McCarthy, a free agent. He's a goalkeeper who played for Inter Miami last, but we got him mm-hmm. for free. And he should provide backup for our new number one, which is the next signing, Maxime Crepo from Vancouver Whitecaps. Um, right. That guy is absolutely <clears throat> out of his mind and blocks everything that goes into mm-hmm. his way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. So I'm, I'm excited to see him at goal. I'm excited to have a good goalie for once. Uh, all good right. Consistent <laughs> yeah. goalie. Yeah. Next up is Kellen Acosta from Colorado Rapids. Basically, use Mark Anthony K as a discount for him. Apparently, so <laughs> uh, I'm excited about that because he's somebody that actually knows how to put crosses into the box. Although I don't think we got anybody tall enough to hit those in the first place. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens with him. I mean, he's definitely been around for a while. Oh yeah, Danny's a hater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Danny's a Kellen Acosta hater. Okay, I just um not a fan, but I know he's been a he's got experience. So yeah, yeah. that's gotta be good for something. Yeah. And according to you, he's actually been decent um with Colorado, so we'll see what he can bring to yeah. to LA. I'm excited. He's an experienced midfielder in the MLS. I mean, what more could you ask for? Our midfield was not that great last season. We were struggling to get uh, balls to the strikers and all that. True. We had absolutely zero creativity. Yeah. So, speaking of midfield, our next signing was Ilya Sanchez from Sporting Kansas City. He was also a free agent, which is pretty good. Uh, he's on the wrong side of 30, but uh, he's super experienced. He's won trophies with Sporting Kansas City. Uh, here, he's like one of the nicest guys in the league, too, which is good for us. You know, there's nothing wrong with having nice guys. 
So no, I'm I'm interested about him. I I don't really know much, but I'm interested in seeing him play. Especially, doesn't hurt having more experience in the locker room, especially yeah, with all the young was, people. That's what I was going to say. I mean, with all the young ones, they need a little bit of direction. Um, I'm going to guess he's probably not going to be playing full games, uh, but for the time that he will be on the field, I think he will provide some stability. Yeah. Okay. All right, on to the next signing is Franco Escobar from Atlanta United. Uh, he actually spent last season on loan in Argentina, and he's just coming back, and we got him from Atlanta United, which it's good cover for the, <clears throat> you know, the fullback positions. Okay. Because I feel like, I mean, we got... Kim Un Juan, we got Palacios, but you don't really got much depth beyond that. Right. So it's yeah. good. And you need at least another one there just in case because our guys tend to get run quite a bit. And yeah. you just never know when an injury is going to come through. Uh, so it's always better to have at least one backup. Um, and him coming from Argentina, I think, is a really great thing. Uh, because we know how competitive things are in Argentina. So I think that that kind of experience should help us out. Yep. Okay. Uh, next signing is Ismael Tajuri Shradi. Technically, we got him from Charlotte FC. But before that, he was with NYC FC. So we, did, we worked our magic fingers uh, with Charlotte. When they were doing their draft, picking players from other teams, we told them, if you get us this player from NYCFC, we'll give you some money. So that's that's what happened there. <laughs> oh, so it's like, do me a favor. <laughs> yeah, we just took one of their picks and we paid them for it. So that's, that's how we ended up bad. with him. Uh, he's a uh, pretty smart move. He's a pretty consistent uh, forward player. I believe he's a winger. Good, I think that we could use that i mean we did get rid of one oh is attacking midfield technically technically attacking midfield i mean uh, he's, he's a right winger so it doesn't matter that, that's just cover that, that's, he'll be yeah. up in the front yeah, he's, that's just cover for um diego rossi which is good because we need somebody there there's still there's still rumors that we might get a DP. Who knows? I mean, the transfer window's closed, but, you know, the MLS transfer window is weird. Continues. Yeah, so anything can happen. We'll see. We'll see. I know they're not trying to... When a good deal comes along, they're going to pounce on it. But if there's no good deal, they're not going to rush to waste money, basically. I so. think it's better to just be patient. Yeah. Don't rush it. Be patient. Get a good player rather than a available player who isn't going to really provide anything. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are saying to use that DP spot for another experienced player like Vela, but I feel like that would be a waste as long as Vela's still in the team. I feel like in terms of DPs, you should have two young ones and one old one or one experienced mm-hmm. one. So uh, right. for now, I would say get wait for a young player from South America to come in. Yeah, I mean, when the, like you said, when the right one comes, pounce on it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So that was all the players that came in, apart from the coach, Chirundolo, which we can't really say anything on since he just had a Las Vegas Lights record. But the whole point of Las Vegas Lights was to train players for LAFC, which he did. So you can't mm-hmm. say he didn't do his job. 
So this time we're definitely going to see what he's capable of because it's not for practice anymore. Yeah, and uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of pressure because a lot of the fans are tired of waiting. So we'll see. All right, in terms of players that left, all right, it's going to start with your favorite. Bryce Duke went to Inter-Miami. <laughs> oh, no, I'm so sad about this one. Uh, he's such a good player. I think I feel the same about him as I did about Zimmerman. He has so much potential to be a good player, and I have no doubt that he will be a good player. Unfortunately, it just won't be for LAFC. But uh, well, you don't I, know that they can always come back. <laughs> yeah, he can always come back, but I don't think he will. No, I mean, probably not. <laughs> I think he's he's gonna develop into a really great player. Because it showed in the few times that I did see him uh, play that he was the only one when the rest of the team just wasn't going for it that was just putting it all out there. So I have no doubts that he's going to be a great, great player for... Where'd he go? Inter-Miami. Inter-Miami, okay. (laughs) Yeah, for them. (laughs) All right, next up, Tristan Blackman. Ended up at the Vancouver Whitecaps. Now, we didn't send him out. We didn't want it to get released or whatever. What happened was that Charlotte ended up... Well, we worked the magic fingers on Charlotte. Somebody else worked the magic fingers on them, too, and had them take Tristan Blackman, which was Vancouver. So there was traded to Blackman... Or (laughs) it was traded to to the Whitecaps for some money, like we did with Ismail to Jory Shradi. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. If we're going to do it, we should be able to expect for someone else to do the same. Yeah, um, the good I'm thing not, is, I mean, we, we're we not going to get picked next year, so that's good. You can't take any of our players next year. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, I'm not too down about this move. Um, he was very hit or miss these last couple of times, uh, games, pretty much the season for LAFC. Um, not very helpful when it came to being defensive and he tended to get a lot of yellows I mean he ended up getting a couple reds a little too quick at times Um, so I'm not saying he's a bad player but he he definitely went down in form from when he first started so I think technically I'd say it's the right time for him to move on from L.A. Yeah, I guess, but he was a vibe, though. <laughs> okay, fine. He was a vibe, but we're not going to win with vibes. We need more than just a vibe. He had the swag. <laughs> he did the same thing that Kobe did, where they threw the ball at him, and he didn't flinch. Swag. That's. I mean, you do need that. You know what? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we should have kept him just for that. Just for him and Bryce, too. He dressed up no, as a right. cholo. He dressed up as a cholo on Halloween. I mean, what more do you want? <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can ask for anything better than that. Yeah. Oh, I wish him luck. Uh, I don't mind. Like, hopefully, he gets a lot of playing time. He's a great player. Yeah, maybe we can get him back sometime. Maybe someday he'll be back. Uh, but for now, his journey is with Vancouver, and I do hope that he does perform well there. Uh, even if it is against us. Um, but I think that he did what he needed to while he was with us, and now it's time for him to start a new chapter. For sure. 
Okay. Uh, next up, probably the biggest one of this window was Edward Atuesta being sold to Palmeiras. Oh, so that finally went through. Oh, yeah, that, happened. that went through like two months ago. <laughs> oh. I'm just kidding. No, that went through like a month ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, another player who was very, very good with LAFC for the past couple of years. Um, but again, you definitely heard me mention it mm-hmm. more than once that he was just not performing up to the expectations that he had set mm-hmm. uh, and tended to lose the ball more. And a lot of his passes weren't meeting the teammates that he was intending to pass to. So more turnovers than completed passes. Um, but I don't know. I mean, hopefully he does well there, uh, but his time at LAFC, I think pretty much had run its course at this point. Yeah. You could tell he was starting to struggle toward the end of it and they picked up a couple injuries and I mean, he wanted to leave after the first contract was ending, but we ended up resigning him to another one to get a little bit more money out of it. He probably should have left in the first one, but uh, he did provide us with a lot of good goals, especially free kick depth. But yeah, he definitely uh, did have that, and he scored some really great ones. Uh, yeah, but, and I think I will appreciate those moments. But I mean, as as long as much as it hurts to say, Palmeiras is a step up technically because they won the Copa de Libertadores, so they're the top team in South America right now. Yeah. So yeah, he's going to a good team then. Yeah, and people love buying from Brazil, especially in Europe. So hopefully he gets that move. Yeah, that could be his stepping stone onto an even better position. Yeah, for sure. All right, next one. So one of the goalkeepers we lost was Pablo Cisniega, who ended no up, way ended up going to Charlotte. Did they pick us? No, we just sent him to Charlotte. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, well, he. this one's kind of sad, though, because he was with us since the beginning, and I kind of, he was still young, and I kind of, this is one of those players, like, I really wish he would have been a good goalie, but, like, to be fair, we gave him four years worth of chances. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did have Tyler Miller for a while. Yeah, and but uh, they did rotate every now and then, so. They did rotate, and he eventually pushed them out with his hard work and good performances. And I want to say that the same thing ended up happening to him uh, where someone else came along and did better and had better performances and a bit more consistency. Uh, Unfortunately, that is what happens with goalkeeper positions. You know, there's just one position available and you have to stay at the top of your game if you want to continue being that number one spot, unfortunately for him, um, it just wasn't too often that he was keeping that consistency and we were conceding more and there were a lot of mistakes that were happening. Um, yes, it's sad to see him go and he was a really good part of LA story, um, but there's only one position. Yeah. At the end of the day, he wasn't consistent enough. But hopefully it does good over there in Charlotte. Yeah, hopefully, you know, a new area will be good enough for him to try to have a fresh start, no pressure, and 
push himself to be that number one goalkeeper that he was for us at one point. Exactly. Okay. And technically, the last one isn't officially transferred. But it's a rumor. I mean, no, we released him and he was signed by another team. And that uh, is Raheem Edwards. Okay. Who well, ended up that's... at the Galaxy, which you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Raheem Edwards, he was good. He had really good moments when it came to dribbling across defenders. Um, but I want to say it brings back a little bit of a Triori vibes when it came to the final third. Mm. So he was good for us and definitely contributed to some very important moments. Um, but again, I feel like he hit a plateau and there he wasn't able to break through those. Um, so hopefully he has better luck on the other side of LA. Yeah, if I could summarize his time at LAFC was that he was 100% magic 50% of the time. He'd be creating magic to get balls past the opponents. Mm-hmm. 50% of the time, he'd be creating new ways to lose the ball. So uh, that would be <laughs> how I'd summarize it. So hopefully he can bump the losing the ball numbers up to 70% when he plays for the Galaxy so that we can win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was uh, 50% light magic, 50% dark magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was a great player. It was... A real joy to watch him play and dribble past those players and just try to figure out how he did it and watching the replays and still in slow motion not knowing how he did it yeah um, it was just as frustrating watching him lose the ball especially when yeah. we're so close to like getting into the final third and all that yeah yeah so yeah definitely i mean it's one of those where the bad just sometimes always weighs the good that you do and not saying that that's the reason he got pushed out but i think we all hit those walls and it's just something that i think he needs to work on and if he can figure out a way to be more consistent when it comes to not losing the ball then he'll become a great player Let's hope he doesn't do that for Galaxy. So, <laughs> Hopefully he does that on the next team that he's on. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and that about wraps it up. That's all I have for this. We only almost hit about three hours. <laughs> no, uh, it's not for bad first, for the yeah. first time around. Yeah, so uh, I'll have another one out next week, hopefully. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see what news you bring me, and hopefully I'll know a bit more of these players and i'll start looking into more of these clubs to become a bit more familiar and know who and what we're talking about for sure so that's where we're gonna wrap it up today if anybody was still here listening uh congratulations you you win nothing uh congratulations (laughs) and thank you so much for making it through this torturous torturous podcast yeah, and we'll see you next week. So, bye. Bye. See you later. <laughs>